Most of you know that when I go on vacation, I don't take vacations like normal people. I'm not normal. Uh, I don't just, I don't go and just relax. I just can't do it. I, I can't sit still. Drives my wife nuts. She thinks I'm, there's something wrong with me. She's probably right. But what, when I go on vacation, I probably work physically harder than I work any other time of the year. In fact, I come back to church to, to get refreshed physically because I work so hard while I'm on vacation. I shared with you, for example, uh, earlier this summer we started some landscaping at our cabin over in central Iowa, and I was able to finish that off. And I, I carried tons and tons of landscaping rocks and did all that, and it was awesome. It was great. I love working like that. We have some timber land out behind our cabin that, we, that I cleared, um, or I'm in the process of clearing for a pole barn that, that um, we are hopefully building this fall. I, had to, I got to chop down, or chainsaw down, I don't chop, but <laughs> some of the, these great big monstrous trees that fell, one of them fell on the road, and I said, Lisa, I need your help. We had to get that thing off before anybody came. It was... It was one. But you want to know what I discovered while I was on vacation? I discovered, even though I, as though I didn't already know it, that I really am old. I, I, I can still do the same things I did 30 years ago. I, honestly, I can. But what I discover is the next day when I wake up, I am so stoved up, I can't walk straight for about a half hour. And then eventually I'm going, okay, I'm good. I'm ready to go again, Right? And um, by the way, for those of you that are under 40, you may not know what stoved up means. You will someday. <laughs> now, why do I, do I share that with you to complain because I'm old? Maybe a little bit. No, I'm telling you this story, these stories today. First of all, I want you to know what I did. But second of all, I believe that these stories that I just shared with you, what I did while I was on vacation and being old, kind of tease up for us perfectly um, the passage of Scripture that God has for us today as we continue our journey through Paul's letters to the Corinthians. Um, if you've been paying attention, if you've been reading along with us, you'll know that today's passage, which is from chapter 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, as well as last week's chapter, chapter 4, I, wasn't, I didn't hear Pastor Billy's sermon from last week yet, so I'm not sure if he focused on this, but, but um, in both chapters... The Apostle Paul is lamenting the frailty of the human condition. He's talking about it's not fun to get old. And, but what you need to know, what I need you to hear today, is that the frailty of the human condition is not just about those of us who have gotten old. The frailty of the human condition is actually experienced by everybody. No matter what station in life you happen to find yourself, no matter what your ethnicity, no matter how much money you make or don't make, the frailties of life are real in one form or a fashion to everybody. And it is with that fact in mind that the Apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, speaks is going to speak a word of encouragement into your life today. So, I don't, I, honestly, I don't know what attitude you brought to, to church today, but you need to pay attention because God wants to encourage you. 
Um, it's fa- in fact, I would go so far as to say, if you're one of the people that, that God has impressed upon my heart today, if you're one of those people, it's possible that after today, if you'll receive what God has to give, you could be transformed in ways that you didn't even expect when you came to church today. So if you have your Bibles, open them up to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And as I like to do when I preach, I like to take just a moment or two before we get into the passage for today to give you some context uh, for the, from the Scriptures that will help set up listening to what we're going to be doing today. As I alluded to a moment ago, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul is lamenting the frailty of the human condition. And he uses an analogy for the human body um, in chapter 4 that the human body is like jars of clay. You remember reading that? If you go back there, you can read that for yourself in chapter 4. And basically what he's saying is that, that um, these bodies are temporary. These bodies that God gave us or imagine that you know when you if you uh, first get away from home and and you get your first set of dishes you know and they're you probably not the be- the finest china and it doesn't matter because you're just getting set up right and it's all good and and those they're because they're probably not of the best quality they're going to get chipped or broken from now and then and it just doesn't matter because they're just temporary right. Well, when, when Paul uses the analogy to suggest to us that our bodies are like jars of clay, he's saying to us that these bodies are going to get chipped and, and, and broken. You just need to expect it. They're not permanent. They are, they're, they're, things like that are going to happen. Life will happen to your bodies and they will become chipped and broken. Paul understood that firsthand right? He, his body was chipped and broken. He had been beaten. He had been stoned. He had been in a shipwreck. He had been bitten by snakes. And as we continue on reading in 2 Corinthians, we find that he, he, experienced, he had a chronic illness as well. You remember that? It's in chapter 12. It talks about how he, um, he had this thorn in the flesh. It's a, some kind of a chronic illness that he prayed three times asking God to remove from him. And God said, no. There's a purpose for it. By the way, if you have a thorn in the flesh and you've prayed and asked God to remove that thorn in that flesh and and it hasn't happened, the reason why it hasn't happened is because it has a purpose. And then it becomes your job to discern what that purpose is. Uh, That's a side note. We'll preach that one later. Remember though, all right? So ultimately, nobody knows what Paul's thorn in the flesh was. However, what we do know is that he was intimately familiar with the frailties of the flesh. So, as we move into chapter 5 now, he continues that same lament, but he changes the analogy from um, our bodies being like jars of clay to our bodies being like tents. And and, and his, his reason for changing the analogy, or the the point he's trying to make is the same. Um, you guys might enjoy going tent camping. I never did. You guys, anybody enjoy tent camping? One. <laughs> Your body, okay, there's three. Your bodies, my guess is, even those of you that love tent camping, you probably don't want to live in a tent, do you? 
I'm probably not, but basically what he was getting at is that a tent serves a purpose. It gives you, it gives you shelter for the moment, but you are not intended. You really don't want to live there. You realize that it's a temporary thing, and, and you're, but you're, but you're going to yearn for something more because you want something more permanent, something better than just a tent. By the way, the frailty of the human condition, the fact that your body is like jars of clay that get chipped and cracked, or that you're like a tent that causes you to want more, something more permanent and, and substantial, he does all of that on purpose. And the purpose is, he wants you to not, listen to me now, fall in love with this. I watch people all the time who have fallen love, in love with this. And when I say that, what I mean is that, that we have bought the lie that this is as good as it gets. Listen to me. As beautiful as you are, as handsome as you are, this is not as good as it gets. And every time you experience the frailty of the human condition... God intends that as a reminder to you that there's something better to look forward to. There's something more. That leads us to our passage for today. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Look it up real quick. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. The Apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, says, for all who are in Christ Jesus, basically what he's saying is if you've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, you are a new creation. You're not the same. You are not just a cracked and broken jar of clay. You are not just a a tent that is being blown about by the winds of life. You are a new creation. Behold, the old is past and the new is come. And here's what you really, in essence, what God, what, through Paul, was trying to say to you is, listen to me now. See, we, it's very easy for Christians to um, think, um, well, when I get to heaven, everything's going to be great. When I get to heaven, it's going to be easy to worship Jesus. Because all these problems are... Listen to me. What God is trying to say to you through the Apostle Paul in this passage of Scripture today is that you get to be celebrating the new creation that you are. You get to be identified and defined by the new creation that you are today. Today. But you're saying, wait a but Craig... I'm old, my back hurts, or I've got this problem going on, or that problem going on. I, frailties of the flesh are still real. He never once was meaning to imply to you that the frailties of the flesh aren't real. That's why he spent two chapters giving you these analogies. What he's trying to make you understand is that you have a choice. You get to choose what's going to define you today. Not just when you get to heaven, but today. Will you allow the frailties of your flesh to define you today? 
Or will you choose to allow Jesus to define you today? What are you, you going to choose? Because God loves you. And God is a gentleman. And God will let you choose whatever you want to define you. What he's, what he's trying to say is, you, I've, I've got the best. I, Jesus today can define you. Today. But it's up to you. If you want to sit and, and complain about your back hurting or about your toothache you got or whatever it is that this, you're experiencing is the frail of your, frailty of your flesh, go ahead. But you don't have to. You have a choice. You are a new creation. For those who are in Christ Jesus, they are new creation. Behold! I think it's interesting. It's, Behold! You know? It's like an angel saying, Behold! <laughs> The old is past and the new has come. Yes, the frailty is real, but you get a choice. What are you going to focus your attention on? This or this? Somebody say amen. Amen. I mentioned earlier that um, the frailties of the flesh are not things that only those of us that are getting older are experiencing. Every human being in every stage of life, understands it. And um, part, of my, part of my testimony that many of you know is that when I was a teenager, um, I experienced the frailty of the flesh. I, um, when I, the, best thing, the best way I can describe the way... I experienced myself when I was a teenager is with self-loathing. I was filled with insecurity and doubt. Now, uh, people from the outside didn't know that. People from the outside would look at me and they say, well, he seems to got it. He's got it together. He's relatively intelligent. Got a good family. Um, got a talent or two. And I didn't, the last thing I wanted to do was to let you guys know how I felt about myself. What I've learned since is that what I was feeling, to one degree or another, most people feel that way. I, I, I have to tell you though, I, there was a part, I'm convinced that a part of mine was like lethal ugliness. And I didn't know why. And you know what? You know what that self-loathing led me to? It led me to try to find validation from people like you. I, I had convinced myself that um, if I only did this or that to get you to like me, or if I could just get you to love me, then if, if I could convince you that I was lovable, then maybe I'd be able to convince myself that I was lovable. Guess what happened? Didn't work. The harder I tried to earn uh, validation from people like you, it wasn't, and it, I, I, it wasn't that I didn't have friends. I had friends. I had people that loved me. But it was never enough. I always needed more. 
just to prove to myself that I was validated and that I was worthy of love. And it was always, I always needed more. And I, it just was never enough. Somebody look at the person next to him. Then look back at me. You're looking at somebody who knows what I'm talking about. Because it is the frailty of the human condition. We don't know that or we don't really believe that all the time because most people do a really good job of, of putting up a front so that you don't see that. I lived there all the time until I found Jesus. Well, maybe better put, He found me. And I'm, I'm going to say something to you that, so you'll understand. Where I, I did not have like one of those. You ever hear somebody talk about having a lightning bolt conversion experience? I didn't have a lightning bolt conversion experience. I, what I've discovered, what I discovered in my own life and what I've discovered by getting to walk with a lot of people like you over the years is that most people do not have lightning bolt conversions. Even the ones that think they do, do don't. And... Because what's happening is God has been working preveniently in your life for a very long time, even though you may not have realized it. In ways that you didn't realize. And some, sometimes that realization comes gradually, and sometimes it happens just like that, but the fact of the matter is God's been pursuing you forever. And I remember, there's, I had had several prevenient grace moments leading up to this moment, but I remember one day I was at home by myself. And um, I didn't hear, I, didn't, I don't hear voices, okay? Just take a breath, I don't hear voices. But I remember being at home by myself and, and having impressed upon me God saying, Craig, I just, I just love you. You don't have to be the best athlete in school. You don't have to be the best singer in the musical. You don't have to be the best student. You don't. Craig, I just love you. I told, I, at first service it just came to me, I said, how do, you, how do you help somebody understand? How am I going to help you to understand it? Some of you will get this. When I look at my kids and my grandkids, if you're not a parent or grandparent, you, you, this isn't going to be a helpful analogy, but I'm going to tell you, when I look at my kids and my grandkids, I just, I just almost start crying because they're my kids, Right? Even if you don't have kids or grandkids, I want you to know that's what it feels like. That's what God is thinking when he looks like you. When he looks, like, looks to you, he's saying, you're mine. And there's nothing that you can do to make me love you more because I love you so much. I love you. And I can't get enough of you. 
And as, as God is impressing this truth upon me, I had, a, I had a epiphany. I had a lightning bolt go off. A light bulb go off. I'm going, oh my gosh! If the creator of the universe loves me that much, why do I care what you think of me? Now, by the way, I do care about what you think of me. I want you to like me. But if you don't, I can live with it. All right? But I'm serious. Why? It's not because I'm more emotionally mature than you or anything else. It's because I believe that what Jesus said to me is the truth. And here's some good news for all of you. If you were paying attention, he was saying it to you today too. Did you know that? He is. Because this was for you. He was wanting you to hear today. You are here today. It's not an accident that you're here today. You are here today because God wanted you here today. You are here today to hear that I love you. I just, I, I can't even put into words how much I love you. And it's not because you're beautiful, though you are beautiful. It's not because you're, you've got the perfect head, and Dennis, you do. <laughs> I don't even know where that came from, Dennis. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's true. You have the perfect head. But that's not why God loves you. And it is, it, it, God doesn't love you because you've never made a mistake because I know that's not true either. God loves you because you are you. Deal with it. And then remember that because God loves you because you are you, there's hope. that those who are in Christ Jesus are new creations. And behold, the old is past and the new has come. Now here's what I know. I know that there are some people that came to church today who have been wrestling with their own human frailties. Some of you are Christians already. And you're still wrestling. What you are to be hearing this morning is that you, you are to be reminded that you have a choice. You have a choice. Are you going to let this body and the frailties of your human condition define you? Or are you going to let Him define you? You have a choice. God is a gentleman and God will allow you to define yourself however you want to define yourself. But you have a choice. If you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have a choice. To be defined by this or this. If you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and listen to me right now, I need, you to, I need all of you to listen to me very carefully. Because I don't want you to presume something. And by the way, I say this every week, so tough. You need to listen every week. Just because you came to church today does not make you a Christian. 
It does not make you a Christian because you read, read your Bible. It does not make you a Christian because um, your grandpa was a preacher. There's only one way to be saved, to, be, to become a Christian, and that is to make the conscious decision on your part to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That's the only way. That's the only way. So, if you have accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, remember you have another choice. What are you going to choose to define you? Are you going to embrace the new creation that you are in Christ? Or are you going to allow this to be your definition? And if you have not accepted Christ as Lord and Savior, maybe today you should. Maybe today is the day you should to receive the hope that God is offering you. The, the new creation, the, the, the fact that the old has passed. Behold, the old is passed and the new has come. You have a choice. You all do. And the best choice is not this. It's Him. Amen? Amen. If you would like to pray that prayer of salvation and lordship today, right over there is our prayer room. It would be my privilege to pray that prayer with you. You don't need me, but if you would like to pray that prayer with someone, I'd be my privilege. If there's something else that you need prayer about and with, I'll be right over there.